Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's almost Christmas. It is cr- almost cri- Christmas week. Yep. That's we're coming up on it. Does it it's start, starting to feel a little bit like Christmas in the mornings? Yeah. We're getting some it's nice, be nice. some be nice cold weather. This weekend. Oh, we're supposed to get Christmas Eve low of 45, high of 65. Just as close as we get to a That's white what I'm Christmas. talking about. Our 72 hours of winter, perfectly timed. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so here we are. What a week. Way. What a week. Yep. We got Joseph to talk about. I love Joseph. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> we I, got Joseph to talk about. And I said it last week, but you know, when we went to Radio City, and I, I looked down at Lexi when they did the nativity. Oh, look, it's Mama Mary and baby Jesus. I'm so proud of her. She looked up at me. And Papa Joseph. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, you're right. How could I leave him out? He's there, and he was front and center in, in, in the gospel on the fourth Sunday of Advent, and you know, when you look at Joseph, you you think of obviously a just man, a man who put everything aside to follow, you know, follow the Lord's instructions, and a man who trusted, and that's the key, that he trusted God. So did Mary, so did pretty much every you know protagonist in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes down to whether or not we trust God, and the way that I framed it. Yesterday, my homily was, you know, Joseph had all these dreams, you know, and not only the literal dreams that he had in in, in the gospel, he had this dream, and then obviously later on, he was going to have the dream to, uh, you know, to leave uh, leave Nazareth, by another way. Bethlehem, Bethlehem to go to um, to Egypt to flee Herod, mm-hmm. but Joseph probably had dreams about his life with Mary. And all of that gets blown up when he finds out she's pregnant. And, you know, Joseph, you know, the gospel says Joseph was a just man. But, you know, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. So just his intention when behold, the angel of the Lord appeared. And the angel says the same things he says to Mary, be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son. You are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And there's a call back now to Isaiah, which you heard in yesterday's first reading. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now here's, here's the important part of how much Joseph trusted what the angel said, because, like, for example, this morning's gospel, which was the gospel of, of um, the beginning of St. Luke's gospel of Zechariah, when he found out from the angel Gabriel that his wife Elizabeth was barren, he was going to bear a son, and, and, and you know, Zechariah questioned it, and and angel said, okay, since you're questioning it, I'm going to leave you mute until all yep. these things take place. Joseph did not say anything. 
fact, Joseph does not say anything in the entirety of, of the Gospels. So as soon as the angel departed from him, when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relation with her until she bore a son and he named him Jesus. So immediately, immediately, he did what the angel, what the Lord had com- and, and the Lord had commanded him to do. So he trusted. And that's the thing. Everything looked like it was a crisis. And this is something the Holy Father mentioned yesterday in his remarks during his D'Angelo's address. You know, you know, the world sees a crisis, and even Joseph saw a crisis. And he's going to say, okay, let me do this to not expose her to shame. But And the Holy Father said, you know, sometimes those moments of crisis lead to new horizons. You know, Joseph, because he trusted God, this moment of temporary crisis for him became a moment of great of the, the greatest grace ever given to us, which is the gift of Christ our Lord. And it is because of Joseph all of this was, would be fulfilled. Because if Mary did not have a husband, if Mary did not have any support, how would she have gotten, you know, she, she went by herself to, to the hill country to visit her, her, her cousin Elizabeth. But Mary could not have done this on her own. She needed Joseph. And we need Joseph. And so, you know, I finished my homily saying, this, let, let us ask St. Joseph this last week of Advent to help us, to teach us how to trust like him. Because we don't know how to trust. And that's sometimes the biggest obstacle we have in the spiritual life. The biggest obstacle we have to conversion is that we don't trust him enough. We don't trust the Lord enough. We don't trust his will. We want to do things our way. See, if Joseph would have had his way, he would have divorced Mary quietly. Not expose her to shame. But that's not what God wanted. Joseph took Mary into his home, believed what the angel told him raise his child as his own, raise the Son of God to be a just man like himself. Why? Because he trusted God. Why is it so difficult for us to trust? Yeah. You know, I, I love to think of uh, newly engaged couples you know, on, the, on the high, the, you know, the little honeymoon period. You know, everything is flower petals and you know, bells and whistles. And every, you know, like you're walking on cloud nine. You know, and, and to think that was their life. You know, and then, boom, this bomb drops. You know, and you said it, it it literally blew up all his plans. You know, and just today, you know, and I'm thinking back, you know, 11 years when I when Angie and I got engaged. You know, if in the days following that, you know, this massive a, a massive crisis would have hit our relationship. You know, how would I have responded? You know, as the, as our married couples approach the church, and Lord knows we're going to get engagements galore this time of the year, as we typically do. You know, to think of those couples, you know, if if a massive crisis, and you said it perfectly, you know, a temporary crisis, but but in, when you're in the thick of it, you know, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if a crisis were to hit that relationship, how would we respond? You know, and would we have? It's and it just goes. It like doubles down on on the trust that Joseph needed to have in the Lord, you know, to say, okay, like this is, you know, my life is could potentially be ruined here, but I trust, you know, I trust what the what what I saw in the dream. I trust what the Lord is saying to me. I trust what the Lord is entrusting to my care, you know, and just and what an extraordinary leap of faith that was, and what an extraordinary leap of faith that requires for us today when it when you know, we're confronted. And, it, and, and it's good that you mentioned engaged couples because 
it doesn't have to be a pregnancy. Right. It it, it could be any crisis. It could be the death of a, of a loved one. I, Lord knows I've had a loss of a job. Uh, it could be so anything. many things because everything is magnified now. Because you're now you're really thinking mm-hmm. about two and not one. You're thinking about your spouse, your future spouse. You're thinking about, and that's what Joseph was doing. He was thinking, okay, I, how do I? He out of love for our blessed mother, he didn't want to expose her to shame. So you know, he could have taken two roads. He, he could have taken the Mosaic Law and said, "Listen, this woman I'm betrothed to is pregnant, not mine." She would have been stoned to death. So he didn't want to expose her to shame. And there's so many things that could happen to an engaged couple. And there's so many things that happen. Forget about engaged couples. So many things that happen in our life that, you know, that are bombs that are unexpected, obviously. Bombs usually are unexpected. Uh, that the rug's pulled out from under us. And we say, okay, now what do I do? And we never see, we never see them as opportunities to grow in grace. We spend so much time going... Oh, woe is me, woe is me, and why is this happening to me? And bottled up in a corner in a fetal position, and going, why is this happening to me? Instead of just, you know, and yes, things things happen to us that are painful, but it's how we respond to them. Now, obviously, this was joyous news. This was joyous news. Joseph had to have it framed for him, for him to recognize that it was joyous news. Because I was reading a commentary yesterday. It goes, who didn't want to be the father to the Messiah? Like every woman longed to be the mother of the Messiah, but every every good Jewish man wanted to be the father of the Messiah. And now this falls to him. Mm-hmm. You know, just man, righteous man, simple man, quiet man, great virtues for the spiritual life. And God entrusted to him something so great, nothing more and nothing less than his son, and the mother of God, take care of them. Yep. <laughs> Here you, here's, here's your mission in life. You know why he never spoke a word? Couldn't get a word in? He, he couldn't get a word in with the word, and, yeah. and whatever he would get uh, in, it would always be wrong uh, because he's, his household was a woman born without sin yeah. and Jesus Christ. You got dad jokes this morning, <laughs> don't you? Oh, boy. All right, dad jokes aside, <laughs> thank you. Thing. Lord knows they say plenty during my homeless. I shouldn't talk. Uh, we have to learn how to model our lives after Joseph. And it's wonderful that in, in you know, we're reading the Gospel of Matthew this week during during Sundays on the litur- in year A of the liturgical cycle. So usually, you know, the fourth Sunday of Advent is Mary, you know, it's Marian theme, but it's this year that we focus on St. Joseph. And you know, I just want everyone to, to think about, you know, whatever dreams you may have. I ever asked the kids yesterday at the children's mess, you know, what are your dreams? And forget that I was talking to three and four-year-olds, and, you know, yeah. their dreams were like, you know, <laughs> aren't really specific. You know, they're all over the place. Dream about my parents. Great. You know, but you ask, uh, you ask some teenagers, they'll tell you what their dreams are or what they dream about. You ask adults, they'll tell you what they dream about. Remember my grandmother used to always... Uh, Tell me about her dreams. She used to have very vivid dreams. She, I, I dreamt with my mom last night, or I dreamt with my grandmother last night, or I dreamed about this in Cuba last night. You know, you usually forget our dreams. You know, two seconds after we wake up. I don't, I don't remember any dreams. Yeah, you know, every it has to be pretty vivid for me. You know, like you know what my recurring dream is or recurring nightmare. I guess 
somebody walking into my office saying, you have to go back and do nine years of seminary. I don't know why. That's my recurring nightmare. I mean, it's not, gonna, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. But it's like, no, no, leave me alone. Go away. But yet, at least once a month, it happens. You don't want, you don't want to go back to that food? Forget about the food. It was just, <laughs> you know, studying and doing papers and, and, and the evaluations and all the fun stuff oh. that makes us yeah, freeze. Yeah, no things. So, <laughs> but even then, like, for example, when, I, when you say yes to God, is, let's take the example of a young man who says yes to God to end her seminary, a young woman who says yes to God to end her religious life. Every day is an act of trust that through the adversity, and we don't make it easy, on, especially on our young men who enter mm-hmm. seminary, every day is trusting that whatever hell you may be going through, and there are days where you're like, what is this? I don't know, what I'm, why am I here? What is all this? Why, why, why are they torturing us like this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, they, when, you're being, when you're the one going through it, it, it feels like torture. But, but you know, that's, that's the way seminary is. So every day you have to trust. Everywhere you have to trust that if God wants you to become a priest, you will become a priest. And there, there, was, a, there was a spiritual director of mine who would always say that. doesn't matter what you're going through. doesn't matter how many curveballs are thrown at you. Mm-hmm. If God wants you to become a priest, you will become a priest. Yeah. And so it's about trust. And, I, and when I bring it down to our spiritual life, you know, so many times, you know, we want to follow God. We want to do what, you know, we hear his voice. We hear promptings of us going... I need to go in this direction. And we're coming up, you know, obviously we're, we're finishing Advent and penitential season. We're coming up in Christmas. And now we come to New Year's to make all these resolutions. And, you know, God may be calling us in a certain direction, but we may not want to go there because we don't trust. Listen, if God, and this is something that was told to me a million times over, not only in seminary, but every time I took a parish, I'm like, I'm taking over a little flower. I don't know, I don't know if I could take a little flower. I go, if God is pulling you in some one direction, he will give you the grace to be able to take on whatever challenge, whatever mission he has in store for you. Joseph didn't say anything, but he could have said, listen, no thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I'm not equipped for this. I'm, I'm not simple. You probably want somebody who's learned, someone who can teach him, someone who speaks all these languages and, and, and is book smart and all that. No. God chose a simple man because... You, boil, you look at Jesus, also a simple man. So he followed the example of his father and mother. He followed the example of faith that they had, of total trust that they had, and that allowed Jesus to say, you know, let thy will be done in the Garden of Gethsemane because his parents trusted God. So he learned that from his parents. And we need to learn that as well, especially as we come up on, on Christmas, especially as we come up on a new year. What is it that God wants you to do? What is it that God wants from you in the coming year? What mission does he have in store for you? We just can't keep with the status quo. Mm-hmm. There, there's some beauty to, to the New Year's resolution. There, it may be a bit cliche. You know, today the, the gospel, you know, at the end of the gospel, the angel Gabriel, when he was describing John the Baptist, he said, he will, prepare, he will prepare a people fit for the Lord. So I said, it's like, yes, it's like John the Baptist, our trainer. He's yep. getting us prepped up He's to be fit. We think of all the people that are going to the gym this morning. I go, wait a second. People don't go to the gym before Christmas. They go to the gym after <laughs> <Afterwards>. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So, but whatever. You know, it's, we, ha- we, we make all these resolutions. We break, you know, a weekend 
And we and we have okay, it's a new year, you know, annoys me every year. Everybody says, Oh, new year, new me. It's like yeah. uh, no, God likes you the way you are. He just may want to tweak some things, may want you to do certain things and use you as you are. You know, he didn't change Joseph. Joseph was already predisposed because of his righteousness, was already predisposed to accept the will of God. Mary was more than predisposed to accept the will of God because she was born without sin, so she had, so she said, yes, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. But it all comes back to trust. Trust in God and trust in his will. Yeah, there's a, there's a powerful image I've used uh, with when I do vocations talks or, or you know, especially with the with the eighth graders and confirmation class. And I said, you know, when when you're discerning, and you'll know this very well, you know, when you're and it doesn't have to be a vocational discernment, just discerning the the will of the of the of God in your life. You know, as you're going through it, it literally feels like you're on a roller coaster. You know, you're getting tossed and turned and corkscrewed and you're hanging upside down for a bit. And it's this wild ride. Yeah, but but as you enter into that you know, and really trust in the direction the Lord is sending you. you know, for as crazy as that, as turbulent as that ride feels, you know, when you get to that point and you turn around, it's a straight road. Yep. And it's a smooth road. <clears throat> and you can see that, you know, as 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 you were going through it, it felt crazy and insane. You know, but God's grace smoothed out and straightened out that path for you. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, okay, Lord, you know what's best for me today, and I'm going to try my best to, to make that happen. You know, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to be painful, and it's going to be confusing, and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice and and give up things that I want. But you know what's best for me, and I, and I have to trust that. And it's not an easy thing to do, you know, but it's worth it because when you get to that point, whatever it may be, you know, and there's multiple points along the way. And you turn around, you will see how God's grace literally smoothed out and straightened out that path for you. And and that's it's something we've been talking about all Advent. You know, John the Baptist says it: prepare the way of the Lord, make straight His paths. And God does that. Now, will there be bumps along the way? Absolutely. Were there bumps along the way for Joseph and Mary? Yes. They had to go to Bethlehem from Nazareth. Mm-hmm. They had to go to Egypt to flee from from Herod. They had to do undergo all these things. They lost Jesus in the temple. Mm-hmm. They had to undergo all these are the things we just we know about. Okay. Poor we, Joseph, man. Poor no, Joseph. I feel for Joseph. Going going into Egypt, <laughs> into a foreign land, oh. in exile, could not have been easy. But returning to the hopes and dreams, the Holy Father, he says, you know, he says, look, like Joseph, we too have dreams. Perhaps we think of them, we talk about them more at Christmas. Season dream. Oh, I dream I get this on Christmas mm-hmm. morning. You know, or I dream that, you know, a child will come home on Christmas morning and, and surprise me because they live in, you know, far off. And and these are the things, you know, I'll be home for Christmas, you know, all, all that. We you know, it's a, it's it is a season of dreams. You know, always uh, uh, always above May season, you know, I see you see during the St. Thanksgiving Day parade. On Thirty Fourth Street in in New York, and and I remember I don't know if they use it anymore, but I remember when I first visited, and I was at Thanksgiving weekend, I was traveling with the Dolphins, and I went to the city. I said, "Believe," right over that, and Ted Lasso started using, yeah. and everybody uses. It. <laughs> it's in the it's in the Gospels. 
So the Holy Father says, perhaps we lament over some dreams that have been shattered, and we see that our best expectations need to often be put together with the unexpected discerning situations. When this happens, Joseph shows us the way. So when it feels like our life has been turned upside down, the Pope said, we do not give to we ne- we need we do not need to give into negative feelings like anger or isolation. This is the wrong way. Instead, we need to attentively welcome surprises in life, even crises. Had the solution to these situations, he said, the solution to these situations is not make decisions quickly or instinctively, but like Joseph, consider everything, and base ourselves on the underlying certainty of God's mercy. Now, I mentioned earlier, Joseph had two options when he heard about Mary's pregnancy. He said, you know, the Holy Father said, what, what, what must Joseph, and I said that yesterday, what must, jo- what, what must Joseph have, said, have felt? Shock, pain, confusion, perhaps even irritation, disappointment. He experienced his world falling apart all around him, and what was he supposed to do? Jewish law gives two choices. He could accuse Mary and let her pay the price of her supposed infidelity, or he could secretly annul their engagement without exposing Mary to scandal and harsh consequences, which was what he chose to do. Pope Francis said, St. Joseph chose the way of mercy. And behold, at the height of this crisis, when he, th- he is thinking and valuing all this, God shines a new light in his heart. He declares to him in a dream that Mary's motherhood did not come because of an act of betrayal, but by the work of the Holy Spirit. And the baby that would be born is the Savior. Mary would be the mother of Messiah, and he would be his guardian. And upon waking up from his dream, Joseph understood that in a totally unexpected way, he was to be the father of the Messiah. But for this to happen, Joseph had to accept a disruption to his own plans while trusting God's in God's plan. His courage is heroic and is exercised in silence, said Pope Francis, noting that this is something everyone can learn from. Whenever everyone, when someone experiences a crisis without giving in to isolation, anger, and fear, but keeps the door open for God, God can intervene. He is an expert in transforming crises into dreams. So yes, God opens crises into new horizons. Perhaps not as we would expect, but in the way that he knows how. And those brothers and sisters, and these brothers and sisters are God's horizons. Surprising, but infinitely more grand and beautiful than ours. And the Holy Father finishes by saying, may the Virgin Mary help us live open to God's surprises. You know, it's Christmas. At some point this week, we're going to be surprised be it by a gift, by some someone unexpectedly showing up at our door or calling us, or maybe in the spiritual life, we, we show up to confession on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, we show up for Mass on Christmas Eve or on Christmas morning, or, and something touches us and we're surprised. But we're going to be surprised this week. But we need to be open to those surprises. Like, you know, we kind of expect the gift, so we're going to get more or less, but sometimes there's always that gift, mm-hmm. that surprise. Oh, wow, I wasn't expecting this. I was. This is so beautiful, I, you know. But, you know, it shouldn't be just about the gifts. You know, I'm thinking of the gifts that I'm giving that I know are going to surprise my loved ones. You know, I like to surprise. I, I love surprises. You know, I just surprised the other day. I, I, I surprised a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a very long time. And... And just seeing their faces. And so God kind of likes to do that too. He likes surprise. You look at all the people in the Bible. He likes surprise. In the first reading this morning, you know, when we were talking about the birth of 
of John the Baptist and the announcement of John the Baptist, you know, God surprises, you know, Samson's mother in in the book of Judges. Say, hey, guess what? Even in your old age, barren, you're going to bear a son and he is going to be strong. He's going to deliver the people from the Philistines. So you have to be open to the surprises that Christmas has in store for you. Joseph was was open to it. Mary was Joseph was open to it. The three wise men were open to it. You know, they were looking for a king. What did they find? A child. Mm-hmm. Herod was not open to it. His court wasn't open to it. It led him to rage. When we don't ex- when we don't take the surprises that God gives us in the way that our Holy Father mentioned yesterday in, in his Angelus address, when we, when we don't when we don't accept it with discernment with mercy, with wonder. Then we go into isolation and fear and rage. This wasn't supposed to happen this way. How many of you have to go through, have gone through those experiences that it wasn't supposed to happen this way, but when you open it up, however minor the crisis may be, however big the crisis may be, if we open it up and say, and look at it, through God's eyes, and say, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to motion to me? Where do you want to lead me with this? That's where trust comes in, and that's what Joseph teaches us. Yeah, and, and Joseph is so powerful because, let me choose my words here carefully. <laughs> you know, There's almost a disconnect between ourselves and our Blessed Mother because she was born without sin. You know, but Joseph, like Joseph gets us. You know, Joseph, Joseph was like any one of us, you know, there's, I don't want to say that realism is the right word, but you know, there's, there's something about Joseph that makes him intimately relatable for each and every one of us you know, because he lived our life. You know, he, you know, yes, Mary was, Mary was born without sin and, and was prepared, you know, and she still had free will, you know, but there's always the asterisk, but you know, she was born without sin and it but made it a little bit easier for her. Joseph was born but, with sin. But Joseph, Joseph lived our life, and the surprises took him by surprise. You know, they took him by storm, and and he would have felt we would we feel what he would have felt in a very real, you know, deep way. You know, so so there's this power and this beauty in Joseph, in that he's the closest to ourselves that got to to the Lord. You know, and yes, Mary was very much human. But there's still that asterisk on our blessed mother, <laughs> if you will, you know. But but Joseph gets us, you know, and that's why I love to, you know, when we did the consecration to Joseph, you know, that, you know, he fosters this relationship with us and, and his son, you know, and, and it's a very, it's a very powerful intercessor that we have in him and a very powerful model that we have in him, because he's so much like us. So you go back to dreams, and. I believe it was Amy Grant, who's being honored this month for Kennedy Center Honors, uh, had the, that beautiful song, Grown Up Christmas yep. Wish a List, Grown Up Christmas List. And one of Angie's, 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 no, not one of, Angie's favorite. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. How do you like that? Uh, and, and so Amy Grant starts listing, who's a, a magnificent artist. In fact, before you know, she went a little pop, she was very, very much in, in the 80s, was was very Christian uh Mm-hmm. Mainstream Angie, yep. I have there's a song from Amy Grant that you probably have never heard before that I need it's very brief, but 
I need to to play it for you because during seminary it it always lifted me up and and and, and I could say transformed my life because it's such a powerful powerful song. I may get into it if, if this train of thought keeps going. Uh, but um you know you you think about that list that Amy Grant talks about. And now if you sat down and wrote a list of go these are the things that I would like to happen this week. Like for I'll give you an example and some of these are very very trivial. Okay? Mm-hmm. This week I you know like we want to get in all the Christmas movies and the Christmas cartoons and the Christmas shows that we like to watch every year. I already did the two glee uh, Christmas episodes. Oh, nice. Okay, they're very good. <laughs> okay. Um uh, they you know you want to get that in. Like your sister and I have planned sometime this week. I don't know when. We have to sit down like I have to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, the best. It's like, you know, it's amazing. Grace, she <laughs> died 30 years ago. There's I, I could I, I pledge allegiance. Yeah, we we could go <laughs> we could go the entire podcast just quoting some of the things that you know, we would get the the E uh the e yeah. uh, thing yeah. on our on our iTunes, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but just just that 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 movie, but it, but it, even though you know it starts off with Clark singing "Oh Come Let Us Adore Him" very badly, you know, but it is about family. It's yeah. he go he wants to he has a list of all the things he wants. He wants the perfect Griswold family Christmas. So we all have these lists that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know, we make the list. Santa made the list. He's making a list, checking it twice. We make the list. We check it twice. We have all these things that want, and we always run out of time. Oh, I didn't get to see Home Alone 2. Another Home Alone 2 better than Home Alone. Yep, agreed. Okay, better. Okay, so, you know, we have all these things. And do we have room for surprises in there? Do we have room to come to Matt, to come to Matt, to come to church on, on, uh, on Wednesday to go to confession? To come tonight to our Advent, uh, Advent penance, uh, Advent night of reflection. reflection yep. You know, if, if, this is Monday. If you're not, if you're hearing this be beyond Monday, sorry you missed it. But Wednesday confession, seven p.m. Do we have room for that? Do we have room for Jesus in the end? Is basically what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and it's easy to say yes. Yes, it, the challenge is actually making the room. It is because there's so many things. Like, for example, I, I, Jorge and Angie and I, we said we need, we always have like a little powwow before Christmas. And, 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 and we had to schedule, we would say, what, a month ago? Yep. Just say this mo- this time. And I was Lock freaking it. out Lock all week. And I go, Angie's, busy, <laughs> Angie's so busy. She's going to say, I can't because of the kids. I can't because of this. And, but yet last night, you know, you guys went to a concert and came back. And she goes, listen, the reservations are at this time on yeah. Friday. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But we have all these things that we want to do this week, you know. And I and I I put I I believe it was in the bulletin. I don't know if it was for this weekend or for the Christmas message. You've read them both. That so many times that we we make the plans for Christmas and we squeeze in mass. And yes, we have yep. family. Uh, fi- family's great, but you know, if we're celebrating somebody's birthday, shouldn't that person's birthday come first? Shouldn't we come celebrate and say, listen, we're going to midnight mass, so everything, so let's eat early on Christmas Eve, on Ochoena, let's, you know, or let's go to the, the five o'clock mass before, not to get out of the way, or or waking up at this hour to open presents, but we're going to mass at 1030 on Christmas morning. 
you know, we don't want to squeeze, you know, we don't want to squeeze in and just let Jesus be an afterthought. It's Christmas. It's all about him. So the, the song that I was referencing from Amy Grant kind of reminds me of Joseph when you think about it. Because here's this man who was not perfect, only Mary was. Was a saint? Yes. Was righteous? Yes. But God chose him, a simple carpenter. And, you know, basically the song from Amy Graham is, is, is the, the song, and, and look it up, because I don't want to ruin it, I don't want to read the, the lyrics, and I, I don't want to even try, you attempt to sing it. But the song is called All I Ever Have to Be. <laughs> all I Ever Have to Be. All, our, all I Ever Have to Be is what you've made me. Any more or less would be a step out of your plan. I'm doing this from memory. It's a very short song. And when you listen to that song, you think about Joseph because, you know, God chose him for who he was. All he had to be was be himself. To continue being a righteous Jew. Happy Hanukkah, by the way, to all our Jewish listeners. I know there are a few. So, uh, yeah, that's all God wanted him to be. He didn't want him to, okay, go to, go go, go, uh, go become a, a rabbi or go, or go do this or go become more learned. No. God wanted his son to be raised by a simple carpenter. You want another song, Michael Card's Joseph song. Amazing. How could it be? This baby in my arms mm-hmm. sleeping now so peacefully. You know, the Son of God, the angel said, how could it be? Lord, all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can a man be father to the Son of God? You know, how can this be? How can this be? You look at all the beautiful images that are, 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 are made by artists of Joseph holding the child. And what must have gone through his mind? There's a great image that I alluded to in a homily last year that, you know, that Joseph holding the baby while Mary's sleeping, she had to be exhausted. I love that one. She had to be exhausted mm-hmm. from the journey, from the pregnancy. You know, and I don't want to get into how the labor went because the, the fathers of the church do that just fine. Okay, but still, she had to be tired. Yep. She was human. Jesus was tired. You know, Jesus was asleep in the boat when the storm was going on, and the disciples are like, hey, Lord, uh, you mind waking up and stop the storm? <laughs> More or less, I'm paraphrasing. But, what must have been going through his mind? See, you're a father. You held Lexi. Mm-hmm. You held MJ in your in your arms. What? How did you feel? There's uh the first time you hold them, oh, uh, life changing. It's overwhelming. It's in in a good way. It's overwhelming in a in a terrifying way. You you, you go through the whole gamut in uh in that split second when you hold them for the first time. Uh, but man, yeah. I, sorry. Oh, here we go. No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't going to show anything. Sorry. <laughs> you know, that's, like I said, I, I, I have a very strong, uh, affinity for Joseph and, you know, I have a, a picture of him just literally across from my desk, hanging on my wall of, of him holding baby Jesus. And it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, just, and, and what I mentioned earlier, you know, Joseph gets us in a very, very real, intimate way, you know, and as and myself as a husband and a father, you know, kind of doubled down on that, you know, but yes, the, the first time I held my kids, and, and our listeners know this, it, it's hard to put into words, but if you've held 
a child or even for yourself, you know, when, no, you, when you held your, your, your nephew, nephew or your yeah. godson or your goddaughter, you know, the first time you hold them, yep. it, it, you know, the overwhelming, the magnitude of, I've been entrusted this baby. Uh-huh. Yours I am, I am responsible for everything for this baby now. You know, and it's, you, you want to talk about a little bomb that, a little surprise that God drops us in. You, no matter how long the pregnancy, if it's 37, 38, 39, 40, you know, if, if you're in NICU for 10 days, if you're in NICU for, for a month, whatever it is, you know, there's no preparing, you know, for the day you take your child home. <laughs> you know, when the nurse, I remember the first time uh, with Lexi, the nurse wheeled us out, you know, and I pulled up the car and Angie, she gets Angie in the car, hands me Lexi. And I go, I turn around to like, okay, you're going to help me put her in the car seat, right? And, and the nurse turned around and wheeled the chair back Bye, inside. You're on and your I'm own. just like, Angie's buckled in the front seat and it's still in pain. And here I am holding Lexi and I've never put a baby in a car seat. And I'm going, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> Don't they have classes for that? Or? If they did, I I'm missed it. I'm pretty sure they do. But, but I, she's alive, so you did it right. I did it right. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that, it's that terrifying moment of, oh, there's no crutch here. Like, Mm-mm. I'm it. It's just here the, we go. It's just the two of you and the baby. <laughs> uh, and that, and that's the surprises that the Pope was talking about. These, and they're, and they may be little surprises, surprises we don't, we didn't even expect. So that, that's why. This season of wonder, you know, we see, you know, we hear it in the song "Star of Wonder, Star of Bright, Song of Royal Beauty," you know, that's from three, we three kings. We have to let ourselves be overwhelmed by wonder this Christmas. And so, my friends, as 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 you get ready for Christmas and you go through the list of all the things you have to do, you probably got through the, the shopping list and the, and the food list and things you want to cook and the, and all the things you want to oh, do. I'm getting hungry now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm thinking that. Lechonga, Nochebuena. But uh, all those things leave room for surprises. Leave room, you know, <laughs> going back to Christmas vacation, we'll maybe talk about this in the second segment. Uh, you know, all the surprises that were thrown at Clark. And yet, at the end of the day, however dysfunctional or crazy it was, he did get his wish. He did get what he wanted, which was a family Christmas and for some people that may it comes in different ways mm-hmm. as long as you put Jesus at the center of it you can have all your family around you you can be by yourself but you're not by yourself if you concentrate on the most important thing with his, which is Jesus Joseph did that he spent his entire life concentrating the most important person, persons in his life, which are Jesus and Mary. He put the mother of God and the son of God at the center of his life, at the center of his family, and he was charged to be the head of that family, to lead them into Egypt, to protect them. There were surprises along the way, and he dealt with them with mercy, with love. Loved Mary to no end, loved Jesus to no end. And so we turn to him, in this last week of Advent, Christmas knocking on our door. You know, so many things that can distract us. But on this day, just pray to St. Joseph and ask, Joseph, help me to trust like you. Yes! 
Fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just no, but just no. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> it's December. The Dolphins are collapsing again. But you know what? It was a great game on Saturday. It was. They, it was. Uh, they, they made it interesting. They no, they made it interesting. They made they, it interesting. They, they, they were there. Tooth and nail, if our defense would have gotten a couple of stops in that last drive, we would have won the game. Up there in the snow, didn't start snowing into the fourth quarter. I don't know how they pulled that game off. That stadium was covered in snow. But Tua played well. Our defense, and here's the thing. This is why I thought the offensive line was going to be our our problem this year. Who knew our defense? Because if we would have gotten one more stop Mm -hmm. in, if our defense would have, one more stop in San Francisco, we would have won that game. We would have gotten one more stop in in Los Angeles. We probably could have gotten back into that game, and two would overcome it. The defense has not been right yep. all year. It, it hasn't, and it, you it has the same players. And yes, Javon Holland came out for a big stretch, and and Byron Jones never showed up to play this year. Uh, but it. Personnel's the same, so mm-hmm. is Brian Flores really was responsible for that crazy, wonderful defense we had last year, and this year has not shown up. I mean, we'll see. They're still in the playoffs. If if the end if the season nope. ended today, we'd play Kansas City, which I, I really want to see because I want to see these two offenses go at it. But I don't know. I feel better than I ever have after a loss. Not that there's more wins, uh, but. They they did that's well. Been, that's been every headline. Yeah, since Mike McDaniel. There's no moral victories, but no. But we Mike McDaniel, well. his his, thir- his <laughs> third and short packages and and play callings were were not good, and they re- ran the ball very effectively. Yep. When everybody knew they were we were supposed to run in that weather, mm-hmm. the weather was fine for three quarters. It really was. And Tua did, Tua did, had a great game. He went back to being the top highest rated passer in the league, and is also the leading vote getter for the Pro Bowl. So. Good for him. What's the snowiest game you went to? I, you know, I never went to a snow game. No I've way. Been in, the coldest game I went to was zero degrees. That's got to be fun. It's got to be nice. I had but to, It's got to be fun. I, we played Pittsburgh, but it was my parish carnival that weekend. It was snowing, and we won that game. Dolphins are zero and nine in their last last nine games under forty degrees. Wow. So yeah, uh, it is what it is. But can I say something? And I never agree with this, but I see some merit to it. Armando Salguero, who was a Dolphin a Dolphins writer for many, many years before he went to Outkick. And he still follow, he still covers them, more or less. He wrote a book called, you know, all the things, you know, Dolphins that fans should do before they die, some something along those lines. He said the biggest blunders in, in Dolphins history, obviously choosing Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees and all that, but biggest blunder was Wayne Heising insisting when when they realigned the divisions in two thousand two. You know, they really wanted us, us to stay with Buffalo, New England, and, mm. and New York, who our natural rivals have been since we entered the league. But we had the choice of going into the AFC South and play every year the franchises of Jacksonville, Houston, and Tennessee. And Indianapolis would have stayed in the East. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have had to face Brady twice a year. 
And Tennessee, for most of that time, was were eight and eight teams. None of those three teams were ever. No, none of those three teams were ever gangbusters like New England was. Mm -hmm. And what a difference would have made in this franchise in the last twenty years if we. One of the great what ifs of Dolphin history, if we would have gone to the AFC South. Think about that one. So Dolphins, I. They were favored by, last I checked, they were favored by four against Green Bay at home on Christmas Day at one o'clock. I have to plan for that. Or, you know, we were talking about a Christmas list. Put that in there. <laughs> you know, plan Dolphins play between one and four on, on Christmas Day. Uh, heat, do not. Uh, good, jo- good luck, NBA, going up against the NFL on Sunday. Um, can we talk about some NFL games this, this weekend? Which one do you want to start off with? Because there's so many. Uh, can I be honest? Yeah, no, I know you. I know you didn't see much, didn't of, it, see but much you, of it, but you, but you know about some of the things. Where's Ashley? No, she's busy. No, with she's. Um, well, you got the crazy lateral. That was. Dumb. I saw that, that in was, real time. I saw the replay on that this morning. That no. was dumb. All right, so I see this in real time. There, this situation. It was a. From what I gathered, I didn't see most of it. I only saw the ending of it, but I saw I saw the last five, and New England was in the lead. Uh, San, uh, Las Vegas tied on a crazy throw by by David Carr, and the guy got it at the corner of the end. It looked yeah. like his toe was out of bounds, but it wasn't conclusive, so they let the call stand. So New England got the ball back with 16 seconds left. They run the ball with three seconds left. It was yeah. third down. He gets the first down, and he runs from the New England side of the field to the Las Vegas side of the field and gets to the 30. And if there was any time left on the clock, they could have kicked a field goal and won yeah. the game. But there wasn't, so the guy says, you know what, let me lateral it. Even though, really, you don't have to. No, it's a only tie w- The only way you do that is if you're trailing. Yeah, it's that's, what Scott why, Van- that's why it's so dumb. Yeah, it's what Scott <laughs> Van Pelt calls pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, because something <laughs> goes wrong. And this had never happened before. Oh, I mean, actually, man. it had happened once. But it, I, I had never seen it, that when these laterals happen, you know, usually, sometimes, like, if it's if you're trailing... You know, the, the famous Ohio State-Northwestern game, The famous, there's so many famous games that they try that, and the other team can pick it up and run it in, but mm-hmm. they're already leading, so it really doesn't make any difference in, yeah. in the outcome of the game. But, in a but the lateral, game, but the lateral <laughs> intercepted by a linebacker who ru- trucks Mac Jones to run in the end zone to win the game for the Raiders, and God bless the Raiders. They have lost so many games yeah. this year in that wicked fashion. And now New England, the last two big miracles... To happen, mm, happen against, against them. them. Yep. Miracle of Miami last one. So Chandler Jones picks up the fumble. Or it wasn't a fumble. I mean, it was a fumble because it wasn't an interception because the interception, he got the ball on the fly. It was the, the second go-ahead defensive TD on the final play of regulation in NFL history. The other was by, you remember this, you remember this very well, was by the Patriots defense in 1960 when a 52-yard fumble return TD by defensive back Chuck Shonta Versus the New York Titans that happened. The New York Titans eventually became the New York Jets. Yeah, so, I, I remember that one. I, who doesn't? I mean, your, your boy, your book, <laughs> Ch- your your boy Chuck Shanta. Yeah, yeah. You know, fifty-two yard. I still have him on speed dial. Absolutely. <laughs> I wonder if he's even alive. That was in nineteen sixty. So, but no, that was crazy. And then, can we talk about Indianapolis? Indianapolis gave up this. Was up 33 Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you're looking at me like, five. we talked about yeah, this on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the 33 to nothing. I went, and, I went and did a wedding. I did one wedding. I, I left. Okay, this game's over. Halftime I go out, went to do a wedding, came back, and 
Minnesota's Minnesota. down by four, and I'm like, what, or by three, and I'm like, what's going on here? And they tie it, and it looks like it's going to end up tied, and and they find a way to kick the winning field goal. And you know, Jeff Saturday won his first game and looks like a very nice guy. And every you know everybody everybody that criticized that decision, you know, was raked through the coast. But now mm. everybody that criticized the decision is. Looks pretty. They look pretty vindicated this morning. So, uh, Father Andrews Giants won last night on the road in Washington. By the way, can we? You, you were telling me before we went on the air. How, how's how's it looking there? The, uh, the pick'em. Hold yeah. on, let me pull this F- up. Father Andrews up. He was up big you're time. You're making a move. Oh yeah, I'm making a move. No one. It's the only type of move a priest can make. <laughs> <laughs> up the standings. Father Father Andrew has been on a roll lately. He was up and, by ten uh, games. And he's he's hit a little speed bump here. Yep. Here it is. Here it is. You are now down four. Four four games? You're down by pick, four. So three weeks to but we I, I talked Andrew, to him we have the same pick tonight. So. You've got five games on Father Andrew this week alone. I almost picked I know. I, I was doing my picks. I go, I need to do some crazy picks. I picked the Lions over the, the Jets. Yep. You know, I picked uh, I I missed that Carolina Pittsburgh mm-hmm. pick, but he did too. I picked uh I picked the uh, he picked the Seahawks I picked the Niners I don't know why he would pick the Seahawks over the way the Niners are playing on uh, that was on Thursday I picked the Browns at home on on Saturday against uh, you did. against the Ravens that you were, was that you were was one bold. of two one of two people yeah. to pick the the no, Browns I, I, you know, like I, they the, Lamar wasn't playing I go how do you know I I, I don't trust him. and Las Vegas you you cashed I, in on Las Vegas I did on the bonehead yeah but the Chargers came back and won that game I had the page I had the yeah. chart. I had the Patriots winning. Wait. Yeah, I had the yeah, Patriots the winning that game, yeah. You the, had the Titans. I had the Titans. Sorry, the Titans. The Patriots were, were in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, so I there were I, there was another one there. If, if Oh, man, if Justin Herbert wouldn't have made an incredible <laughs> throw there on that last drive, I'd be but there. But you don't care about my standings. But you're, no uh, you're, you're winning the week right now. I am. But I need to. I want to win the season. So, can, I can't let my associate beat me. Come on. And Ivan. Come on, Ivan. I don't know if you listen to this. If you're, if you listen this long, he started pretty well. Ivan was up there, number two for most of the season, and he's fallen by the wayside. Fallen. All right, it happens. The Heat, four and zero on a road trip, went to Mexico City on Saturday night and beat San Antonio. Tyler Hero had a week, yep. forty point game on Thursday. Had back to back games where he scored nine threes. Had never happened in NBA history. That's pretty good. That's very good. In college bowl season, it's kicked off. Woo! The Gators scored three <laughs> more points on the Canes in this postseason. That's right? You know and they got waxed by Oregon State. I can't believe the Gators bad. crossed the Mississippi River. That was bad. Yeah, I didn't see any of that game. And None now they it. and now they go into the off season with a losing record too. Oh, uh, what a, a shame! Misery loves company. Myra continues to get the recruits. The the, the top recruits. We we number three class. In we the, got that uh, that offensive lineman from, uh, Alabama. from Alabama. Yep. Nothing. That's you know what means something. Wins. W's. Wins. Wins. That's why I'm tired of winning the off season. Let's let's let that translate now. And Jorge, as I stare at that Marlin flag behind you, crickets. Justin Turner signs with the crickets with the Red Sox. We were I, the beat the when the beat writers are starting to to get restless. It's like come on, that's bad. This is ridiculous. It's almost Christmas and we've done nothing. It's ridiculous. It's gonna but, be the New Year's ball is gonna drop and we're gonna be like. Uh, what's left out there? What's left out there? Nothing's left out there. Nothing. 
I and we can't finish without. No, the biggest story of in in the in the world. What a final! Wow. God bless Argentina. I took a picture with the Argentinian kids at the school this morning with their jerseys on. I went to. Was an, that the best finals? Best final. Only you know, one you game. Know, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes, that I've seen. Absolutely. I'm thinking back to the Spain game. They won in overtime. It was bad. I mean, it's just like everybody's a little tight during the final. Mm-hmm. And literally, for 70 minutes, that was not... I mean, yeah, to the first 45, Argentina was just, you know, was just being aggressive, was taking away everything France had, and it was an entertaining 45 minutes. The first 15 minutes, uh, actually 25 minutes of the second half were just yeah. blah. Yep. And I walked in, at, in the 70th minute, I walked into the home of some Argentinian parishioners who had a ton of people there, all in messy jerseys. And... France scores on a penalty. Ninety-three <laughs> seconds later, Mbappe <laughs> scores the equalizer. And, I'm like, and you were quickly removed from and the I'm, premise. No, no, no. I was like, they're going to kill me. The priest shows up and they start, and they're going to lose this game. And there were genuine tears. I People believe were it. Crying. I believe it. People were crying, and thankfully, you know, they they take the lead in, in extra time, and Mbappe scores on a penalty when it, and it was the right penalty. Actually, they showed me that another French French player touched it with his hand, but. It is what it is. They won in penalties. No, most cruel way to. End. I was gonna say, should should penalties even even? Uh, how do? You, but how? What's the alternative? I don't know. Just keep going. Go bring back the golden goal. After the, after extra time, I would yeah. bring back the golden goal. What you could do is, and listen, these are two and, soccer analysts looking from an American minute, point of view. Fifteen minute periods and no, no, no. Next goal. What wins. I say is, just keep going and allow the managers to substitute. That we after that, bring back people that were resting. Just let it be run one on the field of play. Now, I don't know when that would end because that could be ad infinitum. But that makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's why the, you do the golden goal next goal. We win. could, they could, still, they could still be playing. <laughs> could still be playing. <laughs> no, I, I think. Listen, or you go it, the route of hockey and start pulling players. It's yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking the '94 final here in the United States was won on penalties. Uh, the Euro was won on penalties by, yes, that's by a, Italy. That's, that's just it's, luck. It, it is, it, it, there is some strategy and there is some skill because the Argentinian goalie had some great saves. You go back to Croatia when they beat uh, Spain. The, the, the Croatian goalkeeper you're, you're, had some amazing you're saves. You're diving blind and just hoping it you're goes just, that you're, way. You're hoping you guess that way yeah. and you're hoping you make the save because yeah. sometimes they guess right and it went off their hand. Mm-hmm. But you're right. But it's also called... Can the guy who's taking the penalty kick make it in that situation under that pressure yeah. and not sail it over the post or sail it wide like one of the French guys yep. did yesterday? I get it. So but man, that's how rough, it is. Rough way for a game it to is, end. It's, it, we've always said it's like, you know what? It's like baseball ending on a home run derby. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but what a final, an amazing World Messi, Cup. Messi, finally. Uh, greatest of all. Th- Here's the thing with the greatest of all time. Yes, all the Ballon d'Ors. All the club titles. Now he has three international trophies: Copa America and and, uh, and uh, the World Cup, the main among them. And Pele still has three World Cup titles, but Pele didn't have the success that he did oh. in the club level that Messi had. Uh, Pele, I mean, Pele was finishing his career when I was a kid, but all you, all I heard growing up 
was Pele. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Did, but you, did you see the uh, Andres Cantor call? I, uh, his face? The, the video it, of it? Amazing. Oh. Just it, My father said to me, it's like what your reaction would be, Manny, if the Dolphins yeah. won the Super Bowl. I don't know how he kept it together. People, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, it's his team. It's a team. It's He's Argentinian. He yeah. had an Argentinian who, who was right next to him. And he's like trying. He's like, Argentina campeón. He's trying to yeah. talk while he's crying. And there was other Argentinian broadcasters who, who just couldn't speak. Uh we have a very strong American. I I, I like John Strogan's two holding. I I really love Ian Dark, but having an American voice is like you know it, it's more hours. But I do like Sir Ian Dark is his call of the Argent uh, of the Landon Donovan goal against Ar- Algeria was like Landon Donovan go go USA. It's just you know and 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 then the Abby Wambach goal on, on against Brazil where Rapino the beautiful pass to literally to Abby's head to head it in to win in an extra time. You know, Abby Wambach has saved the United States. Like he has some iconic goals, but he's he's British. Yep. But they're good, and they know how to lay out when to let the mm-hmm. the, 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 the scene yep. breathe. So when um, Montiel, I think it was Montiel, who scored the winning kick, penalty kick, jo- all John Strong said was yes, because he had two Argentinian broadcasts on either side of him, oh, well. and they were hugging too old. <laughs> and I'm looking at the streets of Buenos Aires. People are, are oh, in tears. They're still it's only out been there. 36 years. It's been 50. It's been 49 since the yeah. Dolphins last Super Bowl. It didn't happen in my lifetime. So when they do, just I always everybody knows. I'll have a, a hidden camera on you. Somewhere. No, no, no. It's just, just <laughs> I'm disappearing for a week. I don't know how that would happen. You know, I may give up sports after that because what else is there to accomplish? I thought it may have been this year. But, you know, we're laying the foundation this year maybe for next year. Maybe. But maybe never think about next year when this year is still within your grasp. So it's Christmas, and I want to end with with a Christmas theme. I, I've asked, you know, while, while, we were, while we were in break between the first and second segment, I texted your sister and, and Izzy. Merry Christmas, Izzy. And I asked them, what are your top five Christmas movies? I have my top uh, five. Okay. All right. Number one. Home Alone. No. National Lampoon's Christmas no. Vacation. Okay? It is the funniest movie. I can't get through it. I have to see it every Christmas. There's some you know, jokes there and, and, and off-colored language. Sorry, I'll get it out. Get off the eggnog, Father. <laughs> There's no eggnog in this mug. It's just water. Uh, that's Home Alone 2. Not the first one. Don't like the first. I mean, I don't know. The reason I don't like I've only seen it once, but I had my little cousin, the pulmonologist in Tampa, okay, was sitting next to me reciting the movie. Oh, you've never seen it? Reciting the movie line oh. for line. Did not enjoy my experience of Home Alone. That's why I, I like Home Alone. But Home Alone 2, it's, it's because it's it's, it's strong. Know, it's strong. It's beautiful. It's New York. Yep. It's in New York, and, you know, when it's not it's still in, in, not in the, in, in the beautiful welcome in New York that it is today, <laughs> you know. So that's number two. I mean, that's new three, and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, a classic. Okay, Elf. What? No, you have Elf up there. Uh, <laughs> you I love s- Elf. I, I like. I, I oh, saw you've it for come the first around. Time. You've come around on Elf. I, I never said I didn't like it. It's like I've only <laughs> seen it once. I saw it for the first time two years ago. I finally, you know, caved. It was okay. 
Will Ferrell. Can I give you another good Will Ferrell Christmas movie that just came out? Spirited. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's on no, Apple I, TV. I think you sent it to us. Yeah, yeah, it is very. If you could see it before Christmas, very. It's a great take on a Christmas Carol. Very funny take on a Christmas Carol. It's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds being Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and it's a musical. Nice. So that is good. Uh, if you want to go Christmas specials, you got to go with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. You got to go with Charlie uh, Brown. Charlie Brown Christmas. I had that written down here, uh, and it said, "Die Hard is not a Christmas movie." It is not. What are yours? My top? Yeah. Oh, I said them. Home Alone. Okay. First uh, one? Yeah. Okay. No, it's like that's. I may have to revisit that one. You it's want? On, it's on Disney Plus. Like, yes, National Lampoons, I, I would put up there, but I have to watch Home Alone. I can I can go without Lampoons, but Home Alone, it's a, it's a must watch. And uh, no, I got to go. I'm, I got to go Elf. I got to go Elf. Uh, your, your sister and Izzy both put Elf as her top movie. Millennials. Um, although Izzy's Gen, whatever. Uh, <laughs> millennials. Uh, both put National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, which they both saw last year for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, Izzy put Hope Home Alone 1 and 2. And Izzy put Die Hard. Oh, Izzy. And You're gonna Gina hear immediately now. responded Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Bruce Willis, we're praying for him. He retired because of illness. He said so. It is not a Christmas movie. Just like Gremlins is not a Christmas movie. Uh, uh, they put While You Were Sleeping. Maybe it happened around Christmas. Not really a Christmas movie. Uh, you know what's a good one? Uh, I, it wasn't well received when it came out 20-some-odd years ago. Uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch. Mm. How the Grinch Code yep. Stole Christmas. That song, uh, Where Are You Christmas? I've preached about oh, that song before. Powerful that song. song. Love that song. Powerful, powerful song. Uh, but you know what's not a good Christmas movie, but it's funny and worth a watch when it comes on for Christmases. Uh, the one with uh, with uh, Vince Vaughn and yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Somebody <laughs> gave me that DVD for Christmas at one of my students years ago, and I have it still wrapped. It's so in. ridiculous. I may have to watch that. I don't know it, when. It, I mean, you get a good laugh, but it's, I don't know when. It's... <laughs> now, here's the thing: is like we, as a church, we continue to celebrate Christmas and every through baptism of the Lord, January 9th. and the world stops on Monday, like all the Christmas songs come off the. You know, it, it may it's it's it whittles down by the twenty seventh. Decorations are gone. Valentine's takes over. Come on, keep it going. Not even New Year's. We what just are, go right past yeah, New Year's. What are overrated Christmas movies? You know, mine. What mine is? Uh, what's yours? The Wonderful Life. Don't like it, huh? It is a theological abomination. Uh, overrated. There's a million versions of uh, a Christmas Carol. I'm partial to Mickey's Christmas Carol, <laughs> but why? Why do I like a Christmas life? Because it it informs an entire generation's understanding of what angels are. Mm-hmm. Humans do not or become not. angels. <laughs> Simple as that. So Clarence, I apologize. Jimmy Stewart, I apologize. Look, mom. Every time a bell rings, I want to kill that kid. I want to just want to slap him. No. <laughs> It's just artist renderings. We don't know that angels have wings. You know. Overrated Christmas movie. Can I be controversial here? Sure. Christmas story. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. We'd watch that in seminary. I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, there's some the the, the kid on the tongue on the yeah. on the flagpole. Yes. But as a whole? 
Like, there's, the, there's, there's funny scenes in there's it, but a as a whole, it's like, eh. You're going to shoot your eye out with that thing. The red, the red rifle, I think yeah. it was. I don't get it. I don't get it. That one, when I, I didn't see It's a Wonderful Life until about 10 years ago. Because I was like, eh. You know, they always put it every night, every Christmas night on, or Christmas Eve night on NBC. And I was like, meh. And I finally saw it, and I'm like, I mean, well made, a Frank Capra movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I couldn't get over the whole angel thing. I couldn't. You know, there's a star, you know, it's cheesy. I mean, there's some, there's some cheesy, yeah, except there's some cheesy Christmas movies. Oh, by the way, I, I have to mention this or she'll kill me. Uh, but, but Gina said, uh, anything Hallmark. Oh. Sunday, Sunday, CBS Sunday Morning did a whole thing. I didn't see it, but they did a whole thing on the popularity of, of Christmas Hallmark movies. That's all that, your sister she does. She put that as her top? No, she didn't put it as her top. Or she is put, it overrated? She said, no, she put it as, she put Elf, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, anything Hallmark, she said. As, as Jorge is roll. rolling his eyes. <laughs> Just now, growing generic, up, generic but, script. But here's the thing: you grew up in ten years after I did. We loved Christmas December because, you know, we grew up without Cartoon Network and Disney Channel. So when we had cartoons on broadcast TV, it was a big mm-hmm. deal. Yep. So we looked forward to the Christmas cartoons to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. You know, that's also up there. Yeah, yeah. You know. We looked forward to one of my favorites was towards the night before Christmas. It was a Baskin. I'm not going to say Baskin Robbins, but it, it was a, a Baskin something. It was there were these big animators in in the late '70s and early '80s that just beautiful, beautiful uh, a cartoon. What were your favorite? Like Charlie Brown Christmas Hall. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, it's iconic because you have Linus reciting the second chapter of Luke. You know, it's. Uh, that's how that and the, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, Charlie Brown Christmas so so <laughs> so broken just like us, but so important and and all the kids you know waving mm-hmm. their hands and making it you know brew and Snoopy is just there's a word that's coming to mind that I can't say on the air. Uh-oh. Snoopy's just a jerk in that in that whole thing. It's like wow, there was a website years ago. I don't think it exists anymore that had every single Christmas special ever made. Oh, well. Just click on it, and it would take you to a link showing you that, that thing. Probably legal. No, it probably is yeah, illegal. Definitely. But it had the most coveted and most awful Christmas holiday special ever made. In the explosion of Star Wars in the, in oh, the no. summer of 1977. They did a Christmas special. They did a, Chris, they did a holiday special <laughs> because the Wookiees had a, I forget what it was, a holiday or winter celebration or harvest celebration that they equated for Christmas. It was so bad. <laughs> I kid you not. It got put in the vault and has never seen the light it, of day again. It ha- it's not even on Disney Plus and they have everything <laughs> Star Wars ever made. Okay? It's like when you have, it's a Star Wars holiday special starring, they have all these oh, random people. No. B. Arthur. From the Golden Girls. What does B. Arthur have to do with Star Wars? <laughs> and she comes out dressed like I'm Baru from Star Wars. I saw it on that link, and I'm like, yeah, this deserves to be locked away. Oh, we got to find this now. Oh, we gotta it, find it this was now. just all sorts of <laughs> Throw awful. it up on the and it was just, screen. It was just uh, them capitalizing on the popularity, because back then, you could all if you wanted Star Wars, you had to go to the multiplex to see it. Yeah. So, oh man, but yeah, that was that was bad. 
The, Mariah Carey's has got a bunch of Christmas specials. Uh, favorite Christmas song? Mine's a Holy Night. Absolutely. Absolutely. By far. I went to a concert yesterday, and there was a guest performer, and she came out and sang Light of the World by Lauren Daigle. Okay. Which was, I mean, she sang beautifully. But then she finishes the song, and I was laughing so much. We were all laughing so much. She goes, it's the first day of Hanukkah. I'm Jew. Yep. I'm a Jewish. Um, I'm a Jew, and I'm going to sing my favorite Christmas song. And then I'm waiting for something Santa Clausy, you know, Jingle Bells, whatever. And, oh, Holy Night. <laughs> Did she sing it well? She sang fantastic. But I, I was just the, the hilarity of the irony as she just sang Light of the World, Emmanuel, and then Oh, Holy Night. Leah Michelle, who is <laughs> half Jew and half Orthodox Christian, I want to yep. say. Her initial oh, Holy Night on, on Glee epic. is amazing. Yeah. It brought tears to my eyes. I think I mentioned this before in the podcast. Uh, but I, I told Lewis, because if that was part of the set list, and it's like, we haven't decided yet. You know, because depending on how long communion goes. And, no, and it has that, to be. It has to it, be. It's not Christmas if you don't hear Oh Holy it Night. It has to be. And especially during the Midnight Mass. Oh, that's the night yes. we're talking about. It has to be. It's Oh Holy Night. End of discussion. Yeah. There, decision made. <laughs> so, but yeah, so all that... And growing up Christmas list oh, for, so for Angie. You know, that's up there. Mary's song. You know, Amy Grant's, Amy Grant's Christmas album is so good. Mariah, I mean, and then Mariah Carey. I was in seminary when that song came out, All Along for Christmas is You. Yeah, I'm tired of it. You're tired of it? I'm tired of it. It's <laughs> December 19th. The world is tired of it. Oh, no, it's a great song. Time ding, to put it back ding, on ice. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You know, when you hear those little chimes, you're like, oh, here it comes. Oh, I don't want, you know, just... It just happens. Uh, we didn't meant, uh, you know, like the Island of Misfit Toys and, and, and all that. You know, there's so many great Christmas songs. The beautiful thing about, you know, I, I went to public school my whole life. So we learn all the American Christmas standards, like Winter Wonderland, mm-hmm. Silver Bells, and Let It Snow. And, and I could still sing them by heart. Nice. I mean, I, we, we used to sing that silent night. We, we learned Hanukkah songs. Hanukkah, Hanukkah is the lovely holiday. You know, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Okay. We learned it because our, our principal was Jewish when I, in the elementary school I went to. Uh, but it was it was great. We did Silent Night, all the things. There was nothing that was forbidden. And it was just amazing. Silent Night, when it's done well. Oh, uh, it's beautiful. Is. And you, we heard in the, in, um, in, 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 oh, come on, you faithful, Odessa Fidelis. Oh. We heard Seraphic Fire singing on, on Friday at, at, at our Christmas concert. And it was just sublime. Because there's certain things that when you come into Mass on Christmas, that's why Masses are probably packed. Oh, yep. we know the songs. Mm. <laughs> you know, We know the songs. It's Christmas carols. Uh, and you walk into, O come all you faithful, yep. joyful and triumphant. Mm-hmm. Let us, O come, let us adore him. That's what we're doing. And that's what we invite you to do this week. Set time aside to adore the Lord. Come and adore him. Place him at the center of your life, at the center of your Christmas Plans, you know, make room for him in the end. And like St. Joseph and like our Blessed Mother Mary, learn to trust him. This will be our last episode. We finished season four today. We'll come yep. back sometime in late in January in the new year. So we wish you and all of yours a blessed Christmas and a beautiful, holy 2023, which is when we will cross paths again. So Merry Christmas and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.